everyone. I'm your host, Susan Seville, and welcome to another episode of Bank Statements, part of the Federal Home Loan Bank of Topeka podcast series. This is our season two series premiere. We're thrilled to be back for a second season. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the Federal Reserve's recent meeting and possible rate outlooks for 2022. Here to discuss this topic with us today is Drew Simmons. Drew is our new Oklahoma Regional Account Manager. Uh, Drew grew up in the Dallas, Texas area, but he has roots in Oklahoma that go all the way back to the land run. So, and he is coming to us with 15 years of experience uh, working at a regional Oklahoma investment banking firm. Hello, Drew. Welcome to Bank Statements. Hey, Susan. Great to be here. Drew, why don't you uh, maybe tell us just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, as you said, I, I grew up in the Dallas, Texas area, moved out here for college and went to Oklahoma City University, where I uh, studied finance and, and got my MBA from from OCU. And uh, quite honestly, always thought I'd, I'd move back to the D- Dallas area, but met my wife in college. And so I've been here for ooh, going on 23 years. Uh, so you know, I uh, e- even though as a as a native Texan, uh, as you can probably imagine, um, I, I can't call myself an Oklahoman, but I, I do have a lot of roots and an extended family that goes back uh, here in the great state of Oklahoma, and, and I've really enjoyed our time here. And uh, we um, have three uh, young children here that we're raising, and the Oklahoma City area, and uh, just you know, really love the community and. It's, it's kind of a, a big little city, so uh, not too far from the Dallas area. You can still see my family from time to time, but, uh, but you know, we've really enjoyed our time uh, kind of spreading our roots here in the Oklahoma City area. That's awesome. I know Oklahoma City is a great place to live and raise a family. You have some experience, too, um, some work experience with uh, some of our uh, banks and credit unions that are members of the Federal Home Loan Bank. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, I started my career at a college when I graduated in 2003 uh, in the mortgage banking space. And uh, that's, you know, kind of where I cut my teeth originally in in banking in general. Um, Then joined a, um, you know, regional uh, investment bank uh, that works exclusively with community banks and credit unions across the uh, mostly the Midwest, uh, but but has branched out uh, over the years into to other parts of the country. Uh, roughly about a thousand or so different community-based financial institutions, and so really got to know that uh, community as a whole, um, and, and working with them on the asset and liability management side, as well as the uh, investment portfolio management side. Uh, I spent uh, initially my years. At that firm, uh, as an analyst and strategist, uh, doing a lot of speaking presentations and um, articles and such on just the industry as a whole, uh, and then moved on into more of an investment banker uh, type of position in public finance, working with local municipalities and underwriting municipal bonds and, and, and serving as, as an advisor, uh, a financial advisor to uh, predominantly um, Oklahoma-based municipalities. So uh, had a had a very very healthy experience with with that firm, and and they're still going strong. And 
very excited to join the federal home loan bank system uh, in Topeka and have had a lot of opportunities in the past to work in conjunction with the FHLB uh, through various speaking opportunities. And I've always had a, a very high level of respect uh, for the system and and, and very excited to uh, to have this new career path. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you do have a lot of great experience, and and we're we're super excited to add you to our staff. And and uh, I know you already have relationships and and know a lot of the members in your caseload. So that's a a great leg up on things. And and I'm sure um, that uh, you will enjoy working with all them and and them with you. We're excited about that. And. Um, I was curious uh, what your take is, if you can kind of talk to us for a minute about what your take is uh, about the most recent Federal Reserve meeting. Maybe give us kind of your cliff notes uh, thoughts on the meeting and, and what you what your uh, thoughts are on the commentary around rates. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it, it's very interesting because this this particular you know, recession was born by way of a pandemic, which we haven't seen since, I mean, really in, in, in modern economic times since before, uh, you know, even the uh, Great Depression. So it, it's unprecedented, to say the least, as to what we've experienced thus far. And um, whether it comes, you know, from the stimulus measures that were put into place and the accommodative policies by the Fed, you know, right now all eyes are on where the Fed is going to take, you know, their next steps. And in their recent meeting, uh, you know, in my career, in, in, you know, the roughly 20 years that I've been in this uh, industry, it's it's one of the most hawkish sort of statements I've heard. And, you know, it, it, I think it really stems from, you know, this sort of haves and have nots of this economic recovery where you, you, you see some very, very large challenges that we've dealt with uh, over the past, you know, coming on two years um, from an economic standpoint. Um, but yet we have a stock market that has been effectively, you know, just surging since March of 2020. Um, and, and and I think that's indicative of, of what's going on even all the way down, you know, to the, to the local economies of the country. And so with the Fed now talking about, um, you know, a little bit more concerns about inflation, uh, removing the transitory language uh, that they had previously mentioned when it comes to the year over year figures that naturally would have been higher in 2021 relative to 2020, um, I think that's telling. I think that that's saying that there are more concerns than ever before that this is maybe a new normal. Um, granted, we're not talking about runaway inflation numbers here yet. Uh, there are pockets of the economy where maybe that feels uh, the case, whether it comes you know, from the, the you know, labor supply uh, chain disrupt, uh, disruptions or um, you know all the other nuances that are going on in this economy that that, that are uh, that are incredibly unique relative to what we've seen in the past. Um, regardless of all of that, the Fed is, has been pretty clear uh, that they want to quickly remove a lot of these accom- accommodative policies by way of, of course, raising the Fed funds rate and by reducing their balance sheet. 
uh, you know, the timing uh, of that remains to be seen. Uh, you know, there, there, there's talk of a good 80 plus percent chance of a Fed hike in March. And as much as a, you know, at least a 50 percent chance that we'll see four hikes uh, by the time the, the, the year's over. So uh, clearly, as of late, the stock market doesn't like uh, having some of the accommodative policies starting to, to, to wane and, and, and plan anyway to, to be removed from the uh, stimulus measures. But I think that, you know, you know, the bond market is, is fairly telling in what they're they're planning on uh, doing at the Fed level, as well as what's going on just overall with the economy. So I think to me, what that says is this is very much a prepare mode for financial institutions that we we are still dealt with the elephant in the room, which is a massive amount of liquidity still in the system. But, you know, that can change uh, as time moves on. And, you know, the strategies that we implement today can help mitigate those concerns in the future. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of a prepare uh, for different paths that might be taken uh, by the Fed, different rate scenarios is a good approach. For, so, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, they're uh, what we want to be very careful with. And, and it, you know, we've gone through two major economic downturns in, in, in the shortest time in economic history. Um, so we have some some good, you know, history to lean back on. Right. That the reasons why we're yeah, you know, why we've uh, you know gone through what economically we have over the last two years are vastly different than your, you know, more what I would call an organic recession. Um, but the tools in which the Fed uses to deal with these types of economic scenarios are exactly the same. Um, and whether it's quantitative easing measures that were, were initially used and, and what, you know, for the first time beyond just the economic, uh, what was in the, the, the textbooks, right, uh, through QE uh, easing measures, um, they, uh, they, they were used right up, you know, you know, as early as in the very uh, kind of spring months of, of uh, the pandemic. So, we know what they did to start it and we know what they'll do to get out of it. Um, the timing, uh, you know, the veracity of it all is the big sort of question that we have. And we want to be very, very careful not to assume that the only way forward is rising rates. Uh, so we still need to prepare for multiple path scenarios going forward. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, you know, um, obviously with the hawkish commentary, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot about inflation and controlling inflation and um, what it's going to take to do that is is what's left in question and over what time frame that's going to happen. I know it's a it's a tough environment for community financial institutions to, to try to figure out how to to work through this. And, um, you know, there's there's not a lot of history here, even though we've. We've been in different situations that sort of look the same. Like you said, it's the pandemic is is causing the details to be a little different. Um, so, you know, how do you think um, our members should prepare and develop strategies when there isn't, you know, much to base 
how to do this on? Yeah, you know, that's a that's a really good question. And I think, again, you know, it is unprecedented what we're what we're going through. And so, you know, the breath that probably should be taken first and foremost is that, you know, this is very novel um, and that everyone is in the same boat. Um, probably first and foremost, I would say look to your own local communities and the needs there and and, and the unique nature of your own balance sheet, right? Um, it's, it's really easy, especially these days and gosh, over the last two years, I mean, you know, it's sometimes it's, uh, you know, I'm jealous of my wife sometimes because she doesn't pay attention to the mainstream, you know, like uh, a news cycle that the way that, that I think we kind of have to in, uh, in the banking space. Um, but sometimes it's okay to, to turn that off and just to ask yourself, you know, what I have to play the ball that's in front of me. Um, and, and, and that, that I think is the first tactic you should take outside of that, you know, planning for multiple interest rate scenarios and, and not to get too much into the weeds, but, you know, I think that there are, you know, there so much talk is, you know, rising rates, rising inflation. Is it going to run away from us? Um, and, and it is very clear that the, the year over year numbers in inflation that we've seen leading up all the way until now um, have been far uh, greater than the Fed expected, that many uh, economists have expected. Uh, I've been surprised by it, too. Um, but this is the year where that's going to be tested, right? Because the year-over-year numbers going forward are going to be based on a whole new baseline, 2021, not 2020, where things got really bad. Um, and and so while that improved through 2020 and clearly through 2021, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that this is just this one path trajectory going forward insofar as rising rates. So you know, there there are some counter sort of narratives there to the runaway inflation where we are. Uh, the Fed is is looking uh, looking to uh, reduce their accommodative measures in a situation where the yield curve has been the flattest it's ever been ahead of a tightening cycle. If, if you were to just, you know, put that into sort of generic terms, um, we've already seen the bond market get well ahead of the Fed. That's that's actually not surprising. The, the, the bond market it tends to uh, 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 price in things that are going to happen, not things that have just happened. Um, and so I think what you what you have to do is you have to take a, a pragmatic step back and say, OK, here are a number of you know interest rate paths that could happen. Rising rates, falling rates, maybe, uh, you know, flat rates, uh, changes in the yield curve. Do we see you know, a uh, continued flattening, maybe some inversion in the yield curve. All those things uh, should at least be discussed in your ALCO um, meetings. And um, you're going to have an inclination as to where you think things are going to head. That's fine. But, you know, that's part of the planning stage, the preparing for these next, you know, possible scenarios, as opposed to trying to predict the next scenario, which is where I think a lot of financial institutions in very recent history have, uh, you know, kind of fallen on the knife, if you will, um, on assuming that there's just one path forward. Yeah. So once again, um, trying to keep all the possibilities in mind and not uh, getting yourself so far down one path that you can't come back. Right. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, as banking one on one is the the decisions we make today are going to help us in the future, not necessarily for tomorrow. And, you know, if you had that crystal ball and you knew interest rates were going to go up, you'd, you'd extend your liabilities and lock in as much funding as you can. And if you knew interest rates were going to go uh, go down, you'd extend your assets, uh, you know, as, as long as you can. We don't have that crystal ball, unfortunately. And those that think they do, that they do, I mean, it's, you know, it's Vegas, right? <laughs> you're, you're just, you're sitting at the gambling table thinking that you have the answer and uh, you're either going to win big or you're going to lose big. Uh, and that's just not prudent, you know, banking, especially in the community space where we're looking to, you know, play a little bit more chess instead of just this wholesale bet on the trajectory of interest rates. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Well, Drew, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise on this topic. It was great to talk with you. Yeah, thank you for having me. In light of today's discussion, I wanted to share with our listeners that we have an upcoming webinar on Tuesday, March 22nd with a special guest presenter, Joe Kennerson from Darling Consulting Group. The webinar is is called Preparing for Rising Rates, Balance Sheet Strategies in a Changing Environment. The webinar is going to be 75 minutes, and it will take the fear out of rising rates and highlight strategic opportunities for your ALCO to capitalize on in 2022. You can register if you're interested for the webinar on our events menu at fhlbtopeka.com slash events. Drew, thanks again for joining us today. Appreciate the conversation. Thank you all for joining us for our season two premiere of Bank Statements. And until next time.